is the Mulberry Lane Show. The Mulberry Lane Show. Exclusive interviews, fun, music, celebrities. Your weekend getaway. Now, here's Mulberry Lane, Rachel, Bo, and Ellie Cat. Be a part of the family. Hey, it's Rachel here with your radio sisters, Bo and Allie. It's the weekend, and you know what that means. Uh-huh. It's time for the Mulberry Lane Show. Yeah. Well, glad you guys are here with us. Here is where you get up close and personal with celebrities, artists, and creators. And we know you're going to find something in this show to take with you into whatever project you're working on. Allie. Yes, and from music to wrestling to cat training, meow, (laughs) there's something for everybody here. And we also have an interview for you guys today that means a lot to us, and we think it's going to mean a lot to you on this particular week. Okay, sisters, with those tip-offs, let's get to the guests. Woo! The Mulberry Lane Show's on Celebrity story songs You're going to have it going on When we tell you who's stopping by now Well, up first, I'm sure you heard the news. Rock legend Greg Allman passed away earlier this week at the age of 69. A few months ago, you met Greg on our show when he was passing through the area. He shared a lot about his career and his music and his upcoming projects. We thought, given his passing, you might want to hear the thoughts and reflections of Greg Allman today. So you guys are going to hear a replay of that interview up first here on the show. Yes, Rachel, he's gone from this world, but his music lives on forever. Okay, Allie, who's next? Well, you may know him as former WWE wrestler John Morrison, but now his name is Johnny Mundo. And he's currently the reigning world champion in Lucha Underground. Now, this show airs Wednesday nights on El Rey Network, and you're going to get a behind-the-scenes look today on his fight with the Mac. And what you particularly might be interested in today is how he cultivated his stage persona. You know, it's pretty amazing. This guy also recently sang his theme song. So he really belongs on this music, arts, and lifestyle show. Yeah, for sure. We found a way to fit him in. <laughs> you can also see him in the new action-packed movie, Boone the Bounty Hunter, which will be available soon at Walmart, June 6th. Mm-hmm. Okay, Allie, what's up next? Well then, guys, it's queen of kids' music. It's Lori Berkner. We are the dinosaurs marching, marching. We are the dinosaurs. What do you think of that? Today, you're going to hear all about Lori Berkner's latest venture, a book. Now, this book celebrates her first kid's song she ever wrote. It's called We Are the Dinosaurs. It's beautifully illustrated, and it's going to be pretty interesting when you get a behind-the-scenes look at Lori's handcrafted career and how she's continued to stay creative and innovative in the kids' music market. And if your kids are anything like mine, they really dig Lori's music and YouTube videos. Pretty colorful stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, Rachel, what's up next? If you've got a troublesome cat, do we have the guy for you? Rachel, is this for you, too? 
<laughs> now, if you guys are fans of Animal Planet, I'm sure you've seen the show My Cat from Hell. Now, this is basically the cat whisperer, Jackson Galaxy. He was a singer-songwriter, believe it or not. Once again. And fell into this role as cat behaviorist. So you'll hear his pretty interesting story how an industry is kind of popping up around cat psychology. Check out My Cat from Hell. Airs Saturdays, 7 p.m. Central on Animal Planet. Yep, he's a cool cat who loves cats. Gotta love it. Well, guys, before we get to the show, I've got a story to tell. Yes, Allie's daughter, Clover, who just turned four, had an interesting experience at the dentist this week. Allie, you've got to share what happened with Clover and the dentist. Okay, well, just as a little bit of background, Clover's personality is, you know, she's really fun and she likes to laugh and be silly. Like her Aunt Rachel. (laughs) Yes, like her Aunt Rachel. But she also is pretty dramatic when she gets hurt. Like her Aunt Rachel. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and when anything bothers her, you know, she kind of throws a big fit. You know, we adopted her from China, and so I think she has a little bit of a fear in her past of doctors, dentists, nurses, anything like that. At this dental appointment, she has a few issues with her teeth because of the oral care in China. So for a little while, she has to wear this removable retainer. So we took her in to be fitted for the retainer, and I felt so bad for our dentist because he was, you know, putting it in her mouth. And I could tell she wasn't in pain, but it was just uncomfortable for her, you know? Well, it always is. Who likes those kinds of appointments? Exactly. So she was, of course, crying and holding onto my hands. And then he said really calmly, I'm almost done, Clover, but could you quit biting my finger? (laughs) (laughs) So she was definitely letting him know that she did not like this. He really felt that intensity. He felt that. But the appointment went quick and we were out of there and she's doing a lot better now. Well, you know, when you're four years old, you can get by with that. You know, sometimes I'd love to bite my dentist, but you can't do it now. (laughs) Well, a very special interview coming up for you guys today. You're going to hear once again an exclusive interview from a few months ago with music legend Greg Allman. Yes, and as you know, Greg Allman passed away earlier this week. And today we really wanted to share with you our interview with him as a way to honor his life and his musical legacy. So keep it right here on the Mulberry Lane Show with your radio sisters. We're brought to you today by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. We'll be right back. Music, art, and lifestyle. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Thanks for keeping it here on the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. Well, on this episode, you're going to hear our recent interview with music legend Greg Allman, who passed away earlier this week at 69 years old. Greg visited the show several months ago. You got to hear from him then, and we thought it was only appropriate to pay tribute to this music legend by re-airing that interview for you guys. Music icon, Greg Allman. Gone from this world, but the music lives on. Greg Allman, Southern Blues, making music, singing truths. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what an intro. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Well, it's an honor having you on the show, truly. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. I can't wait to hear y'all's music. Awesome. Mm, now, nice. congratulations on this honorary doctorate. So what was that like being presented, that by President Jimmy Carter? It was incredible. Mm. Uh, they told me about it 
I think the first thing I said, you mean we're going to interrupt a tour to do this? <laughs> <laughs> but then, then they told me that Jimmy Carter was going to be presenting me with this award. Then I, I started getting into it. Then. Okay. Now, you've had quite a relationship but, with Jimmy Carter going way back. I have, but it has not been a political thing. Uh-huh. We didn't get together because it was a political thing. I mean, we raised money for him because he was our friend. Uh-huh. <laughs> the we, friendship we weren't came that first. Much, we weren't into uh, politics that much. Uh-huh. Now, when you look back at your climb to success, you know, with the Almond Brothers, your solo career, you know, various detours, you know, your brother's death right at the breakthrough of success, and then deciding to go on through all those ups and downs, that pull of music has always almost been stronger for you than anything else. Why do you think that has been? I don't know, but music does a lot of good things. I mean, you know how they say music soothes the savage beast. Yeah. I have been on stage three times with an abscessed tooth. As I walked out there, the pain just dissipated. Mm -hmm. I went on with a sciatic nerve thing in your back, you know. Yeah. We went away. I came off stage. Oh, started back. Uh (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, I think it has to do with mind over matter. I think that medicine in the Far East, you know, is mind over matter. When I get out there, I'm so focused on the music that I guess nothing else gets through the old brain. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing like that. I have AFib. You know, it's when your heart beats Mm -hmm. and it's got its own drummer, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So because of that, I have to take blood thinners. And so when we go to Colorado or any place else in the mountains, I'm really, really prone to get nosebleeds. And I've like stood on the side of the stage with Kleenex, you know, catching all the blood. And but I walk on, bam, it stops. It stops. Just, uh, it's incredible. It's Mm -hmm. like that land of no pain. Yeah. It's like you were uh, built for the stage, really. (laughs) I don't know if it has to do with the energy that comes off the people. That could very well have a lot to do with it. Because Mm -hmm. when you walk out there and and that, that hits you. You can feel it, that they're all glad to see you, that they're fixing to get more than their money's worth. That's the way I've always done it. I walk on like this might be the last one because you never know, you know. And uh, I love to play. I mean, I love it when everybody has a different part. Nobody is playing the same thing. And it all fits together just like a puzzle. And I mean, it's... uh, (laughs) <laughs> it does it for me. Yeah. I want to ask about songwriting. Because songs like Melissa and Midnight Rider, were those written in one setting? Were those written over time? What was that process? Ooh. Well, Melissa, I wrote that when I was uh, 19, 18. That's the first one I ever wrote and kept. Okay. Mm. Uh, <laughs> What I would do is, like one night, I stayed up all night. night. Next morning, I went to my brother, and I said, man, I have got it. We are out of the clubs, man. We are going to the studio. We're going to become somebody. I have written us a song that's going to do it for us. I'll play it for my brother, you know, and my brother say, man, I don't know how to tell you this, but what you have here 
is a new set of words to an old, obscure album cut of the Rolling Stones. No. <laughs> I was going, no. In the back of your mind, you know, you might have just heard it a couple of times, but... It was just there, you know, yeah. That whole melody and everything, and oh man, you talk about something frustrating. Oh. So you start over after making confetti out of that one. Right. So finally, I wrote Melissa, and it was about somebody that I, I was real lonely out on the road. And we were making no money. This was, in, God, I was just out of high school. We were working like six nights a week, five sets a night, 45 minutes a set. I made about $111 a week. Okay. And even in 1966, you couldn't make ends meet, you know. Mm-hmm. You know you're buying amps and you're buying guitars, or right. you're buying different equipment. You got to eat. PA systems. Yeah, you got to eat. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you had it really just down to the change almost. Mm-hmm. It's changed a lot now. <laughs> Things are more expensive now. Yeah. It's even yeah. harder to get yeah. by. Mm-hmm. Songwriting is each time you're a rookie. Each time, I mean, there are as many ways to write songs as there is songs. Yeah. I mean, there is no kind of formula to the thing. There's no rule of starting, stopping, or, <laughs> you know, it either sounds good or don't. Yeah, kind of a feel <laughs> and, thing. Yeah, right. It's something, if it puts you in a different place, maybe uh, surprises you with different changes. Like, wow, you know, I never thought it would go there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, still yet you search. I even had an album called Searching for Simplicity. So it seems like the simple ones and the ones that come real fast. Like I wrote Midnight Rider in less than an hour. It all okay. just came out. Wow. I never went back and changed a word. Wow. But then like Queen of Hearts took a year and a half and the Allman Brothers turned it down. I got just ballistic on them and um, it's the best thing they could have said though because I took the first thing smoking to Miami and cut my first record called Laid Back and now I have some uh, festivals named after it wow (laughs) okay (laughs) everything works out (laughs) well not everything but uh, a lot of things that you don't think are going to work out do well, if you just tuned in, you're listening to the Mulberry Lane Show. You're hearing a re-airing of our recent interview with music legend Greg Allman, who passed away earlier this week. And we're sharing this interview with you guys again as a celebration of his life and musical legacy. What would your advice be to a band starting out now? For God's sakes, stay away from drugs and alcohol. As you might not know it, you might say, you know, hey man... You know, I can drink and, you know, get drunk after the show. And, you know, the next day I got a little bit of a headache, but I'm okay. Mm -hmm. Well, you might not know it, but, you know, you're building an alcoholic if you have that one particular gene that is inherited with male children. The father is an alcoholic. All male children are just sitting ducks. They are born alcoholics. Hmm. All right, I tried to warn my two sons. No, do you think they'd listen? (laughs) No, and one day one of them calls me and says, Dad, I can't go on the stage without a couple of shots of brandy. I said, I expected this call. You know, I knew it was coming, just a matter of time. Mm -hmm. 
And, uh, of course, I reminded of me trying to tell them, and they said, yes, I remember. <laughs> yeah. I feel so stupid. And, I mean, it gained me a lot of respect from my two male children. Uh-huh. Yeah. And just like it's in your DNA, you know. Someday they're going to be able to change it at birth. Wouldn't that Switch be wonderful? Off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really, something to shoot you in the butt with, and, uh, <laughs> and hey, it'd that, be all that done. Yeah. <laughs> really, go ahead and drink all you want. <laughs> yeah. Can you talk about your time with Cher at all, or what you think of that now? <laughs> I swear, <laughs> I still get asked about her. We're still friends, still very good friends. Okay. We we talk every now and then. Okay. She's a good person. She really is. Uh-huh. We had no business getting married. That was her idea, though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, who but, would say uh, no to share, right? You know? <laughs> you might say I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Your mom, Geraldine, now she died last year. Describe the role she played in your life and music and everything. She was my... Uh, Biggest fan, best supporter. She was my friend. She's the sweetest woman I've ever known, Geraldine Allman. She was 98. She died in her sleep. She was sharp as a tack all the way, all the way. That's amazing. She read all day. Her favorite was trashy novels. (laughs) (laughs) That'll keep you young. (laughs) Well, after I did my book, you know, I got in touch with those people. I said, listen, my mother loves trashy novels. You reckon I could buy a couple of huge boxes of them and send them down to her? They said, hey, man, it won't cost you nothing. They sent her two big, huge boxes full of some paperbacks, some hardbacks. Oh, that's adorable. That's awesome. I bet she made it through all of them. (laughs) Probably. Probably so. (laughs) So did she have a favorite song of yours? Um, She liked Melissa a lot. Okay. She said she could feel the loneliness in it because that's the first song I ever wrote and kept, like I told you. And uh, I was just out on the road, just out of high school, and uh, I was lonely. And, you know, at that time, we were just another band. I've always been pretty shy as far as girls go. Yeah. You know, I was always very shy. I was really a late bloomer. So I didn't have a girlfriend. Here I was. On the road, on these no-tell motels, and, you know, it was new to me. I mean, now it's, God, I have no idea how many thousand gigs I've ever played. Yeah. But I think it's somewhere around six. Wow. Somebody, either the Who or the Stones, just talking about from the beginning, how many gigs have you ever played? You know, and they said something about 5,000, but... uh, they didn't play near as much as we did. Yeah, you outplayed them, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we want to thank you so much, Greg, for joining our show. It's so awesome to hear your thoughts on everything and just get to know you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And that was a re-airing of our interview with Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Greg Allman, who passed away earlier this week. And we're going to take you to break with one of his musical legacies. Here's the massive hit, Melissa. You're listening to The Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. We'll be right back with wrestling star Johnny Mundo. You may know him as John Morrison from the WWE. Crossroads, 
the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Thanks for keeping it here on the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. Well, you may know him from the WWE as wrestler John Morrison. Now, as Johnny Mundo, he is the reigning Lucha Underground Wrestling World Champ. Now, you can catch the show Lucha Underground on the El Rey Network, returning Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Central. And you can also catch Johnny in the new movie, Boone Bounty Hunter. You're going to hear all about it now from Johnny Mundo. Johnny Mundo, Lucha Underground, wrestling's come to town. Yes, that is the first time I've been sung onto a show. Yeah. Oh, the people ever sing you back. You know, it's happened okay. once or twice. Do you sing, Johnny? Um, do I sing? Yes. Do I sing well? No. <laughs> okay. Well, let's get to the big match. It's the premiere episode. You are fighting the Mac. So how do you prepare? Man, so um, me versus the Mac, it's an all-night-long match, which okay. means we are going to wrestle for the entire hour. Okay. And the most pinfalls or submissions within the hour wins the match. And in my case, I'm coming in as the Lucha Underground World Champion, and the Mac is the challenger. Okay. Um, how about prepare for that? Oof, a lot of cardio, okay. <laughs> a lot of weights, a lot of studying, a lot of Mac tapes, so I can get every advantage possible, physical, okay. psychological, all that stuff. What would you do? What would you do if you were on the Mac? <laughs> I'd run away screaming. <laughs> For Before someone, the entrance, you'd have to sing yourself in at least. Yeah, that's right. I'd sing and then leave. So no, for someone who hasn't seen Lucha Underground, explain the show a little bit. So Lucha Underground, in my opinion, is uh, the most polished hour of professional wrestling on TV right now. Okay. It's uh, produced by Robert Rodriguez and Mark Burnett. So the people behind the show are very good at what they do. Lucha Libre, which has roots in, in Mexico, mixed with American pro wrestling. There's a fusion of different styles of wrestling that um, happen in the ring. Pro wrestling always happens in front of a live audience, um, in my opinion, or it's not pro wrestling. Okay. Then the backstage vignettes are shot like a TV show or a movie. So you've got this combo of grindhouse action movie type vibe backstage with these shady characters like Dario Cueto. Okay. And then the wrestling in the in the temple is a fast-paced, hard-hitting, high-flying lucha and American pro wrestling blend. Okay. And um, you put that all together, you get Lucha Underground, the show of which Johnny Mundo is a champion of. Okay. I don't know if you know anything about Johnny Mundo, but I uh, recently sang my own theme music. Okay. I'm hoping you can appreciate it. I mean, when I say sang my own theme music, it, I didn't sing like, like, I feel like you sisters probably harmonize and have a lot of yes. talent. <laughs> <laughs> can you give us a sample? Of a, a sample of Welcome to Slamtown? Yeah. Mostly just like a, like a talking thing. Okay. This is my world, it's my domain, you're all just here to entertain. Make the rules you always 
that, that's the gist of it. Okay, And then the awesome. chorus is, Welcome to Slam Town. Um, <laughs> and it's kind of like a breathy, talky type of thing. Okay. And, uh, so you had to find your voice in the studio, record this, and so you know all about this. Oh yeah, I'm I'm, I'm bringing it up because I think I think you get a kick out of it. I, yeah. I played some of the instruments. I, uh, Welcome to Slam Town. The YouTube video is up there. Okay. Um, it's again like a apparent to me that uh, I sound better after the audio engineers have mixed my voice. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how that works, huh? <laughs> Lucha Underground World Champ. Johnny Mundo here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Entertainment is such a big part of your world. Talk a little bit about how you developed Johnny Mundo and, you know, the marketing side of it. Um, in my opinion, a lot of the best characters in pro wrestling are rooted in someone's real personality. Okay. So Johnny Mundo is Sean Hennigan's my shoot name with uh, the volume turned up all the way. Okay. Um, because but you had to get in touch with those aspects of yourself that actually work with what you're trying to do. Exactly. It has to be based on on you. And, and if you're inauthentic, people can't relate to it. Okay. So the joy of winning, and the, if you're afraid, and I'm sometimes afraid of the Mac because the Mac's okay. a big, badass dude. But um, all, all those things like need to be put together in this character so that you have a fully developed persona in the ring that people can relate to. Um, the best the best way to put it is be emphatically yourself, turn the volume up, and then keep in mind what you're there to do. Okay. Um, is Johnny Mundo there to have the fans cheer for him, or is Johnny Mundo there to win and retain the championship at all costs, in, regardless of what the fans think, and actually maybe even Johnny Mundo doesn't like the fans because he doesn't need their support in his mind. Okay. Um, it's an acting exercise, too, because you have to know your motivation. <laughs> like an extreme acting yes. exercise because the, uh, a lot of times like pro wrestlers play the same character like like a method actor would uh-huh. except Johnny Mundo the character that's now going into season four Johnny Mundo's changed from uh, season one to two to three to four okay. but the character is going to take place over four seasons and wrestling is one of the only things where you can have a character really me basically and if you take me back to when I first started pro wrestling as John Hennigan on Tough Enough in 2003. Now you're looking at a character that's evolved over the past 14 years through dozens of TV shows and iterations of me into to what I am now. Johnny Mundo. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And there's a lot of shows that it's not like where an actor steps on the set and he's like, I'm playing <laughs> King Richard. Right. And now I'm playing something else. Like the backstory for most pro wrestlers start with how they started and how they learned to wrestle the type of moves they do an organic process yeah okay and i know we gotta let you go but where can people see the movie boone bounty hunter oh thank you for asking about boone boone the bounty hunter is uh the coolest movie that i've ever done um it's available now on amazon itunes vimeo voodoo google play and it comes out exclusively at walmart on dvd on june 6th okay Awesome. Well, it sounds like you got a lot going on, Johnny. We appreciate you spending time with us and uh, beat the Mac. Oh, damn right I will. All right. you said that. <laughs> Take care. That was wrestling star Johnny Mundo. Be sure to catch him in Lucha Underground Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 
on L. Ray Network. Meet us right back here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Your kids are going to know this next guest. It's kids artist Lori Berkner. Music, celebrities, and everything in between. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Thanks for keeping it here on the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Omaha World Cup 2017.com. Well, you've met her here before, and if you have kids in the house, no doubt you've heard the music of Lori Berkner or seen her on the channel Sprout. Now, People Magazine has called her the queen of children's music, and she joins your weekend to chat about her music career and the release of her book, We Are the Dinosaurs, time to the 20th anniversary of her chart-topping song. The book is available now. Lori Berkner's here, and she's got a brand new book. Take a listen and a look. Thank you so much. Great to be here. <laughs> yeah, great to have you back. So now you've added author to your list of talents. So tell us about what inspired the making of the book, We Are the Dinosaurs. Originally, I had been thinking about putting some of my lullabies to the page. I ended up talking with some different publishers in it. Simon and Schuster, the person I met there, just got very excited about you know potentially doing a bunch of books. He said, "Let's just do We Are the Dinosaurs. That one would be so great. You know, it's classic. I think it would look wonderful." And I had never really thought about it before, and thought it's a great idea. So we started with that one, and got lucky enough to get Ben Clanton to illustrate it, and yes. he did a super job. And yeah, I'm just I'm very excited. So now, you never know what's going to come out of an idea, right? Yes. Now you've said when you perform live that you see kids kind of stomping around and being empowered by the song and feeling powerful acting like the dinosaurs. So is that what you want kids to take away from the book and from the song? First and foremost, I hope that they have fun with it. And one of the things that I think kids are often told not to do is maybe not always express those really angry feelings. You can have them, but expressing them is harder to deal with and scarier for other people and sometimes even for the kids. So, you know, calm down, breathe, feel angry, say you're angry, use your words. And all that is really great and important but sometimes people just get really angry and I remember that when I first wrote this song it seemed like kids in my class they would get mad about a lot of things so getting up and like stomping and being loud and growling you can kind of act out that anger in a really safe way and physically express it and I think that was part of why they liked the song so much so I hope that um, there's a space for that as well yeah that's awesome You're listening to the queen of kids' music here on the Mulberry Lane Show, Lori Berkner, who went from child music specialist performing in bands at night to a full-time kids' artist. Talk a little bit about that time in your career when you decided to switch from the, the indie rocker music to actually doing kids' music. I had my own band where I had written original songs, but what really actually made me any money and got the real gigs was doing a cover band. It was an all-female cover band, and Uh it was sort of a little bit depressing in, like, just the amount of people that would just yell Freebird at me and, (laughs) come on, give me the solo, and they just wanted to get drunk, and I felt like when I play songs that I've actually written for kids, they love it, and they don't have to get drunk before they start dancing. You know, they just (laughs) do it anyway. And so, you know, it just became much more fulfilling. And I imagine it was, you know, 
rewarding to even feel like you're introducing music to their lives. They were also really connecting with their own families. When I would just look out and see parents enjoying vicariously you know, the pleasure that their kids are having right. because they're having fun with music, it's yeah. just like it's an amazing feeling. This whole thing started about you know, 20 years ago. And the music industry has changed so much with, you know, social media and YouTube and all of that. So how have you adapted to the changes and made your career, you know, totally relevant today? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it's been a challenge. One thing is just that I keep writing and keep making music and I keep trying to find different ways to get it out there. Certainly, we've been putting a lot of effort into our YouTube channel. That's been a really great way to reach new people. At this point, like you said, with all the changes, I can actually just go and make a video, whereas it used to be kind of prohibitively expensive. So we put out, you know, a new video every month. There are a lot more kind of grassroots ways of connecting now, which is kind of similar to how I started out. And, you know, one of the ways is putting out these books and what... I'm trying to do is stay creative. My actual mission is I want to stay creative because I think when I'm being creative from an authentic place in myself, Uh then I have something that I can give to other people that they might actually connect to. And I've often found myself inspired by creating things for kids, so I think that's where a lot of my creativity goes. But really that's all I'm trying to do, and then I try to find different ways to share it. And now there are so many different ways, you know, that actually is kind of an exciting thing about what's happening right now. I love how innovative you are. Really cool. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I get a lot of help. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. And it's lauriebergner.com. And Lori, we want to thank you for joining us today. The book is We Are the Dinosaurs, and it's available now. Thank you. Thanks for talking to me. Thanks, Lori. (laughs) Keep hanging out with us here on the Mulberry Link Show. We'll be right back with the host of My Cat from Hell on Animal Planet. It's Jackson Galaxy. Keep it here. Cause we are the dinosaurs marching, marching. We are the dinosaurs. What do you think of that? We are the Your weekend getaway. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Okay, imagine taking 50 kitties on a cross-country trip. Now, if you're a cat lover, this is definitely your segment. You're going to meet cat daddy Jackson Galaxy, the pet psychologist from the Animal Planet show, My Cat from Hell, which airs Saturdays at 7 p.m. Central. Jackson is here to chat up the new season, how he transported 50 kitties across the country, and of course, all things feline. Jackson Galaxy, feline psychology, he'll find the harmony if you got a cat from hell. Oh my God, that was fantastic. Best (laughs) intro ever, ever. So awesome to have you on the show, and I understand you have a musical background as well. I do, yeah. I mean, before the whole cat thing took over, I mean, I was nothing but a singer-songwriter. Okay. Do you think, you know, being in touch with your creativity and that helped you identify with cats? 100%. I mean, I I think that what I brought to the table originally, cats and dogs, was that I came from sort of an artistic point of view instead of a scientific one. There's no way I could have ever gone to vet school or anything that involved math or science (laughs) or anything. So I I didn't have a choice, basically, you know. And um, I approach cats in a weird way in the same way as I would writing a song. Okay, now talk about the experience that changed your life. You were working at the pet shelter. 
I was working at an animal shelter in Boulder, Colorado. I mean, I had been working there for a couple of months just basically to try to make ends meet okay. uh, musically. And, uh, yeah, there was this moment, really, where I was working with 40 cats at the same time. They okay. were all in cages and sort of screaming, and, and I'd used this new technique I had been trying out, and w within, you know, a half hour, I had 40 quiet cats. And that weird sort of defining moment where at one point you're like, wow, I've got this path in life. And on the other hand, you're like, so does that mean I'm never going to play the garden? You know what right, I mean? Like, right. That weird moment, yeah. So now it's one thing to have this connection with cats, but then another thing to end up with your own TV show about your special abilities and then, you know, actually discovering an industry around what you're doing. So that path had to be rather winding, I would think. Yeah, I mean, because I know you must have had this conversation with your parents where you're like, Mom, Dad, I want to be a musician. And they're like, oh, my God, you're going to be poor. <laughs> you, you know, you got to have something to fall back on. And then when I have that conversation with my dad twice, once when I'm a musician and once when I'm like a cat behaviorist, you know, and, uh, it, yeah, they gave up on me pretty quickly. But, I mean, it, it was kind of a strange thing that before this show hit, most people were like, you do what? Right. You know, oh, yeah, uh -huh. yeah, that's a job? You know, the answer was usually no, that's not a job. But, you know, it, it was interesting. I mean, it's one of the best things is that the door is now open for other people who do what I do, and, right. and people don't think of it as such a weird thing anymore. Uh -huh, they've seen it and how it works. So now, how much is actually right. pet psychology and how much is people psychology of what you do? Oh, God, it's like an easy 50-50. Okay. Uh, yeah. In fact, I think it even leans towards the human. Uh -huh. I think it's probably 70-30, maybe, because, okay. I mean, cats respond to the energy in the home and the mm -hmm. energy is dictated by the humans and there becomes this sort of vicious cycle where the cats get worse the humans get worse and it becomes this like tornado of you know psychosis you <laughs> has know? there ever and, been uh, a case you couldn't solve that you had to give up on no but that's the thing i mean i, I think that success is sometimes defined kind of strangely you know that humans bring me in to get a certain result. Do I always get that certain result? No. Okay. But what I do wind up with is happier people and happier animals. And they probably learn something about themselves as well. Oh, yeah, it's a great point. I mean, it's mm -hmm. true. I mean, it, I think that by working on another's problem who lives in your home, you're always going to learn something about yourself. Cat behavioralist Jackson Galaxy here on the Mulberry Lane Show talking about the brand new season of My Cat from Hell, airing on Animal Planet. So now what do you hope people will take away from this season of My Cat from Hell? I mean, what I'm, what I'm hoping for every season is a better understanding of animal nature, how important it is for us to have relationships with animals, how they make us saner as people, you know, and I think that the more we appreciate the animals in our lives as being something besides, you know, possessions and more about beings that we're having relationships with, the better our lives become. And okay. I think it's a win-win situation. Uh -huh. Now, if anyone is having a problem with the cat, what is your first piece of advice to them? The first thing to do is to step away from the cat. <laughs> Take a moment to divorce yourself from that sort of emotional storyline and start looking at the problem. Your cat is acting out because they're anxious, because okay. there's something in their world that's freaking them out. 
It's your job to figure out what that is. And the only way you can do that is to stop getting angry. Act like a journalist or a detective where you're not involved in that storyline and, and answers will start coming to you. And kind of take the emotion out of it and look at it more exactly. like a problem solver, which probably helps in people relationships too. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, man. Good luck with that one. Though, <laughs> and then before we let you go, any plans for any music or a cat album or anything like that? There's always plans for music. I mean, you know, it's funny about how, you know, as soon as this show started, I had to put music on the back burner for the first time in my whole life. But, you know, as things get a little more sane in my life, which I hope is coming, um, (laughs) music will come very soon after that. Well, we'll look forward to that. All right, Jackson, thanks for joining the show. Thank you. Well, that's Jackson Galaxy, a cool cat who's all that and loves cats. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Jackson, thanks for bringing your special brand of feline love to the show today. Yes, and make sure you guys check out My Cat from Hell, Saturday night, 7 p.m. Central on Animal Planet. Be there. Okay, Rachel, who else do we have to thank today? Big Body Slam, the Johnny Mundo. <laughs> so cool to hear about your industry, what your life is like, and Lucha Underground sounds like the coolest show. Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Central on the El Rey Network. And you can also see him in the new comedy action movie, Boone the Bounty Hunter. Lots of places to catch Johnny. Mm-hmm. Okay, sisters, we also have to thank kids music artist Lori Berkner. Make sure you pick up a copy of her new book, We Are the Dinosaurs. Thanks, Lori, for joining the show today. Who else, girls? Finally, today, you heard a recent interview with music legend Greg Allman. Now, his untimely passing robbed the music world of a bright light and a brilliant spirit this last week. Thanks for celebrating his musical legacy here with us today. Yes, Greg Allman, gone but not forgotten, because his music will always live on in the hearts, on the radios, and on the playlists of so many millions of people. Absolutely. Okay, guys, well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Mulberry Lane Show. Bo, stay happy and stay blessed. Allie, don't forget to be awesome. Rachel, that's a wrap. Blows me.